The Start On Demand. On demand. Up on this December 10th edition of The Start, a major crackdown is coming to any would be smokers in New Zealand. In what's believed to be the toughest law in the world, New Zealand is going to outlaw smoking, so anyone under 14 will never be able to legally buy a cigarette again. Do you think Manitoba should follow suit? Plus, are you superstitious? Jeff Braun, Cam Poitras, Jeff Fortier, and Macklin all weigh in, and then later, the mayor, he's got a good one. And what is technically his final week at CJOB. Bob Irving joins us for the latest from Hamilton and the Grey Cup. I'm Laura McNabb. This is the December 10th edition of The Start. Good morning, Manitoba. Good morning, Winnipeg. Laura McNabb in for Brett today. I'm just in for him, but I'm always in, so I'm trying to figure out how to say that, Greg. And of course, Greg Mackling. Hello, Greg. Good morning, Loren McNabb. How, you How are you this morning? You sound perky. Well, it's already seven o'clock where I am. <laughs> I'm so jealous then, of my this. My day is half over already, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> we have, uh, of course, uh, to talk about the most important thing on the planet today and for the next three days, which is, of course, the bombers. But before we do, Greg, I just wanted to share with our listeners a bit about the drive-in I had this morning because weather's part of the equation for Sunday in Hamilton and always Mm -hmm. part of the conversation here in Winnipeg. And so it warmed up the past 24 hours, right? It's much warmer, slushier, wetter. And as I'm driving down 59 North this morning, I realize like I'm in the dark. I cannot see much because my headlights are coated with mud and whatever splashed up on them yesterday and last night and you know how I'm always worried about hitting a deer because it's happened a couple you know oh, yes. just a few times so I decided I have to pull over and there's a gas station in Ile de Chaine, and so I pull over in Ile de Chaine, and I was going to use the windshield cleaners but of course they've put them away for the night and it's 3 35 in the morning so what can I do I go run over to the snowbank and grab some snow and try to rub it against the headlights but of course it's not warm enough to melt and so I'm embarrassed <laughs> to admit this what I went. Did you do? I grabbed my hot coffee from the car, <laughs> poured it over the headlights, and then wiped it down with the napkins that were available at the gas station. Made like a super <laughs> smeary mess. And then I thought to myself, why is it that, like, is there no invention for this? Like a mini windshield wiper? Or is that just going to break? Like, why is that? You know, in this day and age, I just feel like we've got all sorts of things in our vehicles. Yes. Well, I know. I know there are By the several... way, hot coffee and a... I hope my husband's not listening right now. I feel like there's some sort of corrosive effect that could happen. No, no, there. I think you're okay. You think, I think so? You're okay. 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 Well, although, you know, I was going to say you ingest coffee, but then when you think about what they use Coca Cola for, yes. in terms of cleaning up, like I've heard rumors, non substantiated, but I've heard rumors that in the past they use Coca Cola to clean up crash scenes. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's apparently pretty good for cleaning your toilet bowl oh, as boy. well. So I don't know if co- coffee has the same sort of uh, actual um, active ingredients, <laughs> I guess is the word I'm looking for here. But I think you're okay. Well, I think you're okay. I feel a little silly. I just, I'm more asking the question, if listeners have any advice for how to fix this problem, it happens to me at least twice a year while I'll be doing that drive-in. Not lately, of course, because of the pandemic. And it will be so dark that I think, Loren, why are you not thinking to wipe the windshield. So let me know 
<laughs> and otherwise, it's you know more what you need, Lorraine. What? There are several uh, luxury German sedans that do incorporate windshield wop or windshield wiper like technology really? for the headlights. <laughs> so maybe this is your opening task for a new vehicle. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. We're going to go from the Chevy Cruze to like a $100,000 German vehicle. Anyway. Ju- uh, listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm just putting it out there. I think you deserve it. Well, after today, I think I do too. But, you know, like I, I think that I was going to be jealous of your forecast this weekend. And it sounds like uh, I might have to be because you're warming right up in Hamilton. Yes, but it comes... With a cost. You know when the temperature rises in Manitoba, what comes with it? Wind. Well, it's no different in southern Ontario. And by the way, my commute was exactly uh, seven steps from my bed to my desk. So I didn't have to deal with anything. We had snow here last night in Hamilton. And then when I got up this morning, a special weather statement has been issued for the city of Hamilton. And I'll just read it as it's presented. Heavy rain and strong winds Friday night into Saturday night. Rain, heavy at times. Rainfall amounts of 25 to 45 millimeters. Strong winds gusting between 70 and 90 kilometers per hour. So last weekend, if you think back to the forecast and the weather and the day that we had Saturday, and you go, boy, if they could just have played the Western final one day earlier, the spectacular day we would have had, it turned out and worked out fine on that in the cold on Sunday, but had the Grey Cup. Brett McGarry's been advocating for a Saturday Grey yeah. Cup for a long time. If we were playing tomorrow, it would not be good. Sunday looks perfect for football. All right, a well, mix of sun and cloud, a high of four degrees, and uh, yeah, could not be better. In case anyone's wondering, Brett is not that we know of on the on the way to the Grey Cup. A couple of our listeners wondering where he is. He's been under the weather this week, so doing the right thing, staying home and making sure he rests up. And then I think he's away next week. So in case, just wanted to let our listeners know that he's coming back, just hasn't been feeling well, and then he's got some much-deserved vacation in the forecast for him. But, Greg, we do have a lot of fans continuing to make their way to Steeltown today. And, of course, yesterday... There were Winnipegger, Trevor Harbin was on a plane full of Blue Bomber fans who were cheering before the flight even took off. Bombers go! Go Bombers go! Go Bombers go! Cheer! CFL fans from all across Canada and North America, and you go places, and anytime you go, you only have some friendly little chance, whatever, but at the end, you sit down and you talk about how we all love the game. And it's very unique because if I was going, I talked to people who are big fans in other sports and they go, they don't get that same camaraderie for the league. It's always team versus team. Uh, even though I'll get some Oski wee-wees and some funny uh, kind of things thrown at me, uh, they're all saying, so happy you're here. And, and that's what I think makes the CFL so unique. It's very fan-driven. And this is the most unbelievable event I think any sports fan could ever attend. Go Bombers go! Go Bombers go! Not to mention horses in the hotel lobby. (laughs) I just tweeted out a picture across the street last night. It's an annual tradition, a rite of passage for Stampeders fans. They walked a horse right into the hotel, not 300 meters from where I'm sitting right now. And so that means Loren Grey Cup Week is officially underway. Spirit of Edmonton Social yesterday, the Albertans love to party. And I'm going to have to find and hook up with uh, global reporter 
Paradox that we heard in Jeff Braun's newscast. She seems to know where all the parties are. So maybe I'm going to track her down. <laughs> Last night we were out for dinner and one of our party was head to toe blue bombers. And of course we got the razzing. Ah, you can't sit here. We'll sit you in the kitchen, blah, blah. You know, the, <laughs> so the friendly, the friendly back and forth certainly was in full effect last night. But I think that, that uh, Trevor nailed it right on the head. The fact that Canadian football league fans for the, for the amount of rivalries there are in this league, it's also a camaraderie and there is a, an absolute affection for one another's fan base, even though, you know, come game day, those same fans will be shouting across the aisles back and forth at one another. For the most part, it's in good fun. And, uh, well, I just can't wait for Sunday. We're chatting this morning about our superstitions, whether you have them on game day, you know, just as a fan when you watch, maybe when you take a trip, get in the car, maybe before a big meeting, you uh, think to yourself, I need to do these rituals to get through this day properly. So we're going to go around the wheel right now. Let's start with you, Macklin. You don't strike me as a superstitious person, except for when it comes to sports. Yeah, pretty much it, it is exclusive to sports. Uh, and then it ties into my clothing. So if I wear, say I'm going to wear a bomber jersey somewhere, I definitely will wear a Winnipeg Jets hat um, throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs in 2017, 2018, I wore a Jets jersey, obviously, to every home playoff game, but I wore a blue Bombers hat with that jersey. I don't know why. That's just something that started probably in the last five, six years with that. Uh, shut out. You can't you say that word if, you know, last night, Jets shut out Seattle. Like, there's no way you could ever use that word before the game was over around me or I would punch you in the shoulder, most likely. <laughs> And the whole idea of if and when, you know, if the Jets clinch, when the Bombers win, then you can't talk like that around me. I don't, won't have any of that conversation. And I think it's all cemented in the 1990 Stanley Cup playoffs, Winnipeg, Edmonton. That series has damaged my psyche far more than I care to admit. Oh, no, but you've admitted Jets it. Were, yeah, okay. Okay. I'm admitting <laughs> it now. How's that? Game six, the Jets are behind 3 nothing to Edmonton. They come back. They battle all the way back to 3-3. And a couple whistles later, during, during a break in the action, they announce that tickets to game one of series two yeah. or round two will be available after tonight's game. And I can't tell you how many people looked at one another and went, did they just do that? And so there you go. That's probably deep-seated. That's where that all comes from. Shutout and that very night at Winnipeg Arena. Cam, what do you got? Well, you know, I'm not a very superstitious person, especially a little rituals and stuff like that. But one thing I do and probably will continue over the rest of my life, I do knock on wood a lot of the times. Uh, if I uh, say something and I want it to be true or whatever, I need to knock on wood. I, I, I just kind of do it. And the other thing is, if I spill the salt, it's going over my left shoulder. And I think that has to do with uh, watching uh, Dumb and Dumber uh, when I was a kid, uh, when he hits uh, sea bass, sea bass. In, in the head with the uh, with the salt <laughs> shaker. But like, I don't know. I'm just not going to risk it. I don't know if it, if I'm going to get bad luck for spilling the salt and I don't throw it over my left shoulder. I'm just I'm just not ready to risk it. This is who you sound like. I'm not superstitious, but. I'm a little stitious. I am a little stitious. <laughs> One of the best lines ever. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. You just rattle yeah. off three things that you do or two things you do. You're, yeah. you're superstitious, I'm my super, friend. Yeah, I guess I am. Jeff Braun? 
Yeah, no, I'm just, I always say I'm not either, but I do all those things and a couple of other ones. The one that's really weird is I do this thing where if I'm, when I'm driving, if I go through an intersection and the light turns yellow, uh, I take the knuckle on my index finger and rub the, vi- the sun visor for good luck. A friend of mine did that when we were teenagers driving in the city. I saw him do it, and I was like, what's that about? He's like, oh, it's for good luck. And I saw another friend do it a short time later, so I started doing it. And that was, you know, 25, 30 years ago. And a few years back, I was in the car with my friend, and we went through a light, and it turned yellow, and I did it. And he goes, are you still doing that? And I said, yeah, for good luck. He's like, we just made that up to mess with you. <laughs> it reminds me, does anyone else remember when you were younger, and maybe this was just me and my family, you would hold your breath going underneath a bridge or an underpass? Cemetery. Yeah, it was a cemetery. I used to do cemetery. Like we, you'd hold your breath going past them? Yeah. yeah. So you didn't oh suck in any of the spirits. I mean, that was like a thing that you did um, like on the school bus when you were like heading to the museum or something on a field trip. And everyone was like, everybody hold your breath. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, he breathed. All, I saw him breathe. It's all fun and good until you uh, hit a red light in front of a cemetery and then you almost pass out and <laughs> cause an accident. Yeah. <laughs> so, Forte, are you superstitious? No, no, not really. I'm just OCD, not not, not superstitious. You know, oh, like, I'll, I'll touch my stove. No similarities at all. Well, you know, I don't know. Like, I touch my stove and make sure it's off and I uh, make sure that uh, no water's running when I leave my place. That way, when I come home, every time I got a, a, a place to go to. It's not flooded and uh, it's not burnt down. So perfect. Wow, you're really going win, dark there. Win, yeah. I have a series of prayers that I will do in the exact same order every time I get on the plane. And then I'll finish it with a sign of the cross. And I'm telling you, 50% of the time, somebody turns to me and says, do you know something I don't know? Because it just throws them to see me sitting there in this sort of Hail like... Mary, full of grace. Right? The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among... Exactly. And then I finish it off with the sign of the cross. And I started doing that. I don't know. I, I was in Sri Lanka and I was heading north to Jaffna. And I was a little bit nervous about our destination for work. And I thought, ah, I better. You just don't know. And then because things went successfully now, it's, it's like prayers aren't supposed to be superstitious, but it feels like there's a correlation there, and I just got to keep going. Yeah, exactly. It helps me if out. If you think it works, it works. That's the bottom line. It's like wine, Loren. A good wine is a wine you like. A superstition that works for you is fine. It's, it, that, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Ken says, my superstition is I listen to the start every morning. How's that for sucking oh. up for tickets? Thank you, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, we want to talk about a major crackdown that's coming to any would-be smokers in New Zealand. It's what's believed to be one of the toughest laws in the world, and New Zealand announcing this week it's going to outlaw smoking so that anyone under 14 will never be able to legally buy a cigarette, Greg. It's sort of when the National Ho- like when the National Hockey League grandfathered the use or non-use of helmets. Players who didn't wear a helmet didn't have to wear one. But starting in a certain season, anyone who started playing hockey had to wear a helmet. And of course, now everybody does. The goal is a smoke-free generation in New Zealand with the plan to make it illegal to sell cigarettes to anyone age 14 and under from 2027. The ban will remain in place for the rest of that person's life. That means a person age 60 in 2073 will be banned from buying cigarettes, while a person age 61 would be allowed to do so. 11.6% of all New Zealanders aged over 15 smoke, but smokers account 
for 29% among Indigenous uh, Maori adults in that same age group. Rob Cunningham of the Canadian Cancer Society joins us now for his reaction. Good morning, Rob. Good morning. Good to be with you. It's always great to speak with you. Have you heard of anything like this anywhere else on the planet? What do you think? So New Zealand is the first country in the world to implement uh, this approach. Uh, It's something that has been discussed for years at conferences and so on. It's very innovative. Um, I know that it has very strong support of the health organizations in New Zealand. And it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. You know, it certainly should be something that we should examine here in Canada. Um, And, you know, we have so much that we need to do. Uh, We do have this objective in Canada of under 5% tobacco use by 2035. We need a lot more things to be able to get there. Um, And one thing that can be done immediately by the Manitoba government would be to have age 21, um, which we, you know, for both tobacco and e-cigarettes, something that PEI has already done, something that 30 U.S. states uh, have done and has been done nationally in the U.S. Of course, New Zealand has gone further. And, you know, every year the, the age will go up. You mentioned that the goal is 5%, less than 5% smoking. What's it at right now, Rob? So Canada-wide, it's 13%. Um, and so, uh, you know, in 1965, it was uh, 50% of Canadians, including 61% of men. So we've come down a long way, but we have a long way to go. Yeah, and I know that figure, I think, is about the smoking prevalence in Manitoba is at 14.5%. And so we're slightly lower, I guess, than the national average. But we're talking about the idea that we're going to ban cigarettes in the country so that they can't be made available, at least legally. Some might say that's just going too far, that people have to be able to make their choice whether to not to consume something that's healthy or something that isn't. What do you say to that, Rob? Well, you know, it's an addictive product. And the overwhelming majority of new users begin as underage youth. And if we can prevent youth from starting, we're going to make a big difference over the long term. And this is, you know, cigarettes are only a legal product by, by an accident of history. If someone were to try and introduce it as a new product today, mm-hmm. given what we now know about the health effects, it would never be allowed. So the question is, what can we do to get this down? Um, and this, interestingly, more than 100 years ago in Sri Lanka, they had a, a really difficult problem with, opio, uh, with opium use and addiction. And they did this very same approach, you know, um, with respect to that New Zealand is doing, or that Greg mentioned with respect to hockey helmets, helmets and hockey. Um, and, you know, you, you, and they phased it out over, it took many years, but, uh, you know, anyone over a certain age would know, would never be able to buy opium. And it, and it worked, um, you know, in a very substantial degree. So that's, that is kind of building on that example. And here in Canada, we need to have a comprehensive strategy, a whole series of measures to reduce what is a leading preventable cause of disease and death in the country. Rob, I don't think anybody's sitting down uh, with their kids these days and saying, uh, yeah, you know what, let's just wait until 18 until, and and then we'll let you smoke. Nobody's really uh, going down that road. By the way, it was 1979, Rob Loren, that the NHL made helmets mandatory. It wasn't until 1997 when Craig McTavish retired that the last player played without a helmet. So as you mentioned, Rob, it does have a, a it, it's, it's a long-term plan and a long-term strategy. We appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much. Good to be with you. Rob Cunningham, Canadian Cancer Society, talking about what is a first in the world as New Zealand looks to outlaw cigarettes age 14 and under.
Greg, last week, Mayor of Winnipeg, Brian Bowman, came out on the winning side of a friendly wager with the Mayor of Regina, Sandra Masters. On the strength of a Blue Bomber win over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders last Sunday, Masters will have to go out in the community performing community service work, as we are sure she would have been doing anyway. The rub is that, of course, there will be a Winnipeg Blue Bombers jersey worn by Masters throughout it all. That's right. So that leads to our first question for Brian Bowman this morning. What's on the line this week? The mayor of Winnipeg joins us now on the start. So Mayor Bowman, I promise no questions about transit or active transportation infrastructure today. <laughs> That's okay. It's all good. Uh, it's nice to chat with you guys. And uh, yeah, go blue. You know, uh, we're uh, like typical politicians. We're still negotiating the terms. And so you can expect we'll have the the friendly wager with uh, the mayor of Hamilton, Fred Eisenberger, who's a diehard Ticats and CFL fan. Uh, we should have that finalized in the coming hours. But uh, suffice to say that uh, the bet will include bragging rights for the winner and, like all things political, public humiliation for the loser. <laughs> so- mayor Bowman, now, can please promise us there's no feasibility study going on associated with these <laughs> negotiations. No, you know what, and and good on, uh, I appreciate, Lauren, you mentioning uh, Mayor Masters in Regina. I'm really looking forward to seeing those images of her doing community work in a beautiful blue and gold jersey. Um, you know, the thing about uh, about Fred, uh, the mayor, Fred Heisenberger, the mayor of Hamilton, is he, he and I share a, a real deep affection for the CFL. And, the, you know, what I'm looking forward to is I'm going to be heading out uh, on Sunday for the game, and uh, I'm expecting a, a very loud crowd uh you know steel town is a cfl town and uh, i i think we've got a lot of a lot in common with hamilton we're often underrated uh they're uh, blue collar towns and cfl towns with a long history fortunately our history against them in cfl great cup games is is pretty good including the last one and uh, and our first great cup win was against uh, the hamilton team back then Coming in up. 1935 Coming armed with some trivia, but I know, Mr. Mayor, having interviewed you when you first came into office so many years ago, you didn't become a fan because you were the mayor. You just have been a fan for a long time. So I'm curious, when you go in wearing your mayor hat, even though it is such a party, it's such a huge event, how do you balance the two? Like, what's on your agenda? Because is there some work that needs to get done while you're down there? Or is this really just to have a good time? No, I mean, it'll be a good time if we win. Um, (laughs) But... No, you know what? I, I'll be doing. Uh, there's there's national media that I'll that I'll be doing on on Sunday. So I'll be I'll be representing the city, and it gives me that what I love about the CFL. And when you your team gets into the to the Grey Cup, is it it provides you with a national platform to talk about all of the things, the good things that are happening in our community, as well as what the team is doing for for our community. And they're doing a lot right now in a, in a difficult year. Once again, getting in, um, you know that'll that'll give me an opportunity to talk about what things, you know, what's going on in Winnipeg. And I'll be watching the game. Um, you know, I'll be there with fans as well, but I'll be also spending time with uh, with uh, the Winnipeg Football Club and, of course, uh, you know, folks like uh, like Dana Spiring and, and I hope to see Wade Miller when I'm out there. And, uh, and of course, Fred Eisenberger, the mayor of, of Hamilton. So it gives us an opportunity to touch base on sport, but other things as well. So it's part of our conversation this morning because we were asking the players yesterday about their rituals and superstitions mayor bowman do you have any game day rituals as a fan or superstitions in the lead up to a big game or maybe up yeah a lead up to an election I'm, you know i i'm actually not a superstitious guy but i wore a winnipeg blue bomber like like one of the, the jackets uh on the field 
in Calgary when we won, and I have been sleeping with it the last few nights. And so I am I'm going to wear it again. I hope it, it brings us good luck. Hold on, Sorry, hold do you on. see a jacket these you're sleeping talk, these, with? These, yeah, these, yeah, hold on. These these two things do not mesh. I'm not a superstitious it's... guy, but I've been sleeping with a jacket. Do do we need to play uh, back the tape on this? There are so many things that are odd about me. That's one of them recently, so you just get in line. But, you know, I, I'm very nervous about this game. I mean, I don't care. I know the stats are good, but we are going into their turf, their fans. Mm-hmm. I, we are the underdog for this game. I don't care what anybody says. If we can go in and win back-to-back champions, uh, that is going to be like just in, an incredible feat for an incredible team. But uh, yeah, so I just figured I, I'm wearing, I'm wearing it, <laughs> I'm wearing it out there. I'm wearing it to the game. <laughs> And uh, and then it'll it'll need a good watch. Well, I appreciate your honesty with this. If you could get Tracy Bowman to call us in the next hour about this jacket wearing thing, that would be greatly appreciated. Mayor Brian Bowman, thanks for the yeah. time. Go blue, thanks guys. Have, Have a great, great weekend. Day. Oh, okay, that's a new one, Greg. Hey, who says we don't ask the hard questions <laughs> of the mayor of Winnipeg, and who says we don't give answers? Mayor <laughs> Bowman is always accused of saying he's not answering your questions, guys. Well, he did that. Well, maybe we just found out why he doesn't answer our questions usually. Man, I think this is quite sincerely all many of us really want to talk about, about the fact that it's been a busy week in Hamilton for our next guest. But we know you're just getting warmed up. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Loren and Greg. How are you doing? Of course, I see Greg all the time. He's here, right? He's there. He's wandering around all the time, taking notes and listening to the players. I'm curious. Greg's been to a few Grey Cups, but how many does this make for you again, Bob? It's my 48th Grey Cup game in a row, and it's a badge of honor that I wear proudly. And Nobody else in the media has been able to match that number. So there you go. That's, you know, when you stick around a long time, these things happen. (laughs) I just caught you on Global News Morning talking to the National Morning Show, Bob. So you're looking good. I'm curious, out of 48 years... Anyone stand out? Any particular Grey Cup stand out? Oh, that's a tough one, Lorena. There's a few I remember more fondly than others, and I'll just reference two. 1984, the Bombers won the Grey Cup in Edmonton, and that ended a 22-year Grey Cup drought. And then two years ago, the Bombers won the Grey Cup in Calgary, ending a drought that was 20-some years as well. So right off the top of my head, those would be the two that uh, that stick out. But, boy, there's been an awful lot of them that were memorable in many different ways. And I'm at the Hamilton Convention Center right now. Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the league, has just finished giving what's uh, affectionately called his State of the League or State of the Union address, talking about uh, where the CFL stands and where it is hopefully going. And Randy didn't have a lot of specifics. He basically called the... 2021 season a triumph if only because the league was able to play again after not being able to play in 2020 and he talked about the challenges they fought through with the pandemic how they only had really one COVID disruption and that was with the Edmonton Elks early in the season when they had some players that there was a COVID outbreak there and you know he painted a rosy picture of the league's future as the commissioner does every year at, at this event uh, now how much of that comes to fruition remains to be seen but uh, Randy was on stage for about I guess 40 minutes uh, answering questions and talking about the, the future of the league financially 
We know there are lots of businesses that are struggling right now, Bob. The CFL has to be among them. So yeah. did the commissioner answer questions about partnerships, about sponsorships, and did that dreaded word XFL come up? Yes, the word XFL came up, and Randy swept it off the table very quickly. He said we had our discussions a few months ago or a year ago, whenever it was, and we agreed to part ways as friends. So there was no suggestion at all from the commissioner that they will revisit the talks with the XFL. He did uh, make what he considered to be a significant announcement, Greg, in that the league has partnered with a company called Genius Sports, and they're affiliated with uh, pro leagues around the world, and they're going to apply their technology, their marketing, and their betting expertise to the Canadian Football League. Now, he was asked specifically about the betting and how much revenue that could generate for the league, and he was very vague in answering that one. He was vague in a lot of answers because it's hard to put specific numbers on some of this stuff. I know the league feels it can really benefit now from a more open betting world that we're going to live in. Uh, how much uh, in terms of exact dollars that will bring in is very, very difficult to pin down. The only thing missing then, Bob, is a relationship with one of the cryptocurrencies. Hmm. Uh, I mean, Crypto.com maybe wants to spend uh, another $700 million and put their name on the CFL. We'll talk about that maybe throughout the weekend, but we've been yeah. talking about superstitions and game day rituals. Uh, yesterday, it was Kevin Hirschfield and Skylar Peters prodding the Tiger Cats and the Blue Bombers about theirs. We got some great audio from both sides. And one of my favorite people involved in Sunday's game is Tiger Cat special teams coordinator, Jeff Reinbold. Here, here was his answer about his game day rituals. Yeah. I leave a space on my play sheet for three pictures. And, you know, they're, they're either people that are significant to me or, you know, whatever. And if we win, I keep those same pictures till the next week. Very cool. Sort of like Vegas, he said. Any <laughs> uh, any oddities or or rituals you had on a game day? Now that you you know you've hung up the microphone, at least on the play by play front, can you share anything with us that maybe you weren't willing to divulge in the past? <laughs> no, I didn't have any rituals. Here's what I tried to do: I tried to have a good night's sleep the day before uh, the night before the game, so I'd be as sharp mentally as possible when the game was played. Uh, other than that, it was, you know, game day for me was all about prep and just relaxing and trying to have a nap and then getting something to eat and off to the stadium. Nothing very exciting, uh, just basic stuff, really. Bob, before we let you go, I'm disappointed to hear there wasn't some sort of like uh, voice rituals or me, 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 or something like that to warm <laughs> the pipes. But CF Awards, Blue Bombers poised to dominate this evening. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see where this question was going. I'm reading this blind. What are you wearing tonight and why? Well, I'm uh, presenting the Coach of the Year Award along with Brian Williams. I will have uh, one of my old sports jackets on because that's all I have is old sports jacket. I bought a new shirt. And my son uh, came from Winnipeg to the game, and he brought me a tie because I didn't have a tie that I thought was uh, appropriate for the occasion. And he's brought along apparently a, a blue and gold, how about that, tie that I will wear tonight. I hope it doesn't look uh, like I'm too much of a homer. But at this stage of my career, I don't care. I think you've it's earned too it, late Bob. Now, Bob. Nope. Don't do it. give it another thought. Hey, Bob, we'll see you later on today. Uh, really quick, why don't you hook the coverage we've got planned coming up tomorrow and Sunday? 
Well, we're going to do a uh, two-hour show both days, uh, Greg, 3 to 5 on Saturday afternoon. You and I will co-host, and then Sunday it's from 11 a.m. until 1. It's kind of our version of a pregame show, but it's just a, a Grey Cup special where we'll talk about the game, about the week, have all sorts of guests on, players and uh, different some media people. And Doug Brown, of course, will be front and center in the whole thing, and we'll just have some fun. All right, Bob Irving, thanks for this. Have fun. Okay, you guys, bye. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.